What is up, brothers of discussion? This is week 13 with your boy, Big Kevin, fanboy Dave. Fanboy Dave, how has your weekend been going, my man? Well, it's episode 13. I know people are like, whoa, 13's not good, but the weekend's been going well. You know, went to go uh, watch the game, UT versus UTSA, and it didn't disappoint, just like WWE doesn't disappoint me, you know. Uh, close game, but at the end of the day, uh, if you haven't tried that Bijan mustard, he was serving it last night, over 200 yards and three TDs, hook him horns. Oh, man, he looked like a uh, NFL pro, a man among boys, definitely out there. And, of course, I was at the game as well. And, uh, yeah, it was didn't disappoint. UTSA is a solid team. Was, they're definitely not a pushover. They definitely have some athletes in there. Coach Trailer is a uh, uh, Texas high school recruit guru coming from Texas high school football into their UTSA. But going back to the WWE, they also had some big news Saturday when Logan Paul – held a press conference in Las Vegas to make a huge announcement. And that announcement was him challenging Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Yeah, Logan Paul, you know, whether you like him or not, uh, he really started the whole influencer, let me take this word, the architect of making a social media influencer a thing that people could do for a living. Now he's gone on to do boxing or whatever, but I believe that he finally found what he was made to, to do is to be a sports entertainer um, in the, in, in the WWE. And, you know, we'll give him kudos. He's young, brash. He's pretty decent in the ring. And for him to get a shot at the most prestige title in the world. I mean, uh, kudos to him. And, WWE also trusting that, you know, this is going to be your main event in Saudi. And have we talked before, these Saudis want marquee matchups. They want names, stars, and things like that. And to give Logan Paul the opportunity, huge opportunity for him. Yeah, this is his third match in the company. You know, you got Miz teaming up with him at Mania. And then you have, of course, him versus the Miz at SummerSlam. Get to his third match and get into a main event title pitcher match. You know, what a beginning of his WWE career here. Yeah, totally. Three matches in, and you get to fight the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. Um, and that's huge because, you know, Roman Reigns has beaten, you know, like you said, who's left? He's beaten Goldberg. He's beaten The Fiend. He's beaten Braun. He's beaten uh, Drew McIntyre. Like, names of names. And now you have Logan Paul, who's still a little green, but has the youth with him uh, on his side. Like, um, it's going to be an interesting match. Yeah, I mean, he has the athletic ability. And like you said, he has that name recognition that he has done all on his own, you know, of course, with his brother. And um, But as far as recognition, worldwide recognition, people know who he is, uh, just like the WWE brand. And this is one of those things where you're right. Saudis want, you know, name recognition, if you will. And I'm really glad they did not bring back a, a veteran. They just have not lived up to the expectations. Uh, hence the Triple H, Shawn Michaels, DX versus Kane and Undertaker. That match was not good. We had Undertaker versus Goldberg. Not good. 
So I'm glad that they're coming up with the youth and trying to create a match, a card, gets people's attention and say, okay, let's see what Logan Paul can do um, just in his third match. Let's see what he can really do against somebody of Roman Reigns caliber. Yes, Logan Paul had was under the wing of the Miz. And yes, he did learn something, but it's one of those things that people say, you can, you can coach them, you can do what you want, but until uh, they're in the fire, that's when they're going to know if they're going to be able to stand up to the challenge. And coming from the Samoa dynasty, um, this is probably Logan Paul's biggest challenge in, in his life um, because the tribal chief is no joke. I mean, he is the undisputed champion for a reason. Um, this is what he does. It's just going to be a good fight. And going back to what you were saying, I think that under the Triple E, Triple H's uh, regime, they're learning from trial and error. Yes, Vince did like to give you big star names, but yes, were they a little uh, Hall of Famers past their prime, maybe? And it looks like Triple H is looking at it from a different lens and be like, I can still get you uh, a marquee name, but that's useful, younger, and uh, more uh, athletic and agile. Uh, that could be a possible threat to Roman Reigns' title. Well, they caught gold. I mean, they see that Logan has well-named establishment uh, branding, and he can go. He's athletic, and um, he's doing a great job so far. Uh, yes, you know, if this was a Rumble match or Mania match, I don't think this takes place. But because the Saudis pay a premium price for a premium event, and they want a unique match, they're getting that. You know, we have a plethora of injuries still going on, so we have a lot of name value as far as in the upper echelon of talent that Roman can't work with and or has already worked with. So overall, I do like this move uh, here at Crown Jewel, again, November 5th, uh, 2022 in Saudi Arabia. Uh, with that said, with his ability, we've seen athletes come in and do a heck of a job. I mean, my, one of my favorite matches as far as an athlete coming from the outside would be Ronda Rousey's uh, mania tag team match with Kurt Angle versus Steph and Triple H. That was probably one of the best. Uh, I, I still think that's her best match. Um, and it was very impactful. And coming from the world of MMA, UFC, coming into the WWE, I think she did phenomenal. She was definitely one that transitioned well in her uh, debut. Logan Paul is doing the exact same thing here. Hopefully he can continue it and he doesn't go backwards. Hopefully they can get some momentum. Yeah, definitely. Um, you are correct that... Um... She probably had the best debut match because um, at the end of the day, she, your debut matches at WrestleMania, the shows of shows, and that's already pressure on you. And for you to come out and did what she did in that tag team match with Kurt Angle was simply amazing. I mean, I know she got a bunch of praises on Twitter, um, even back uh, from her old UFC organization. And just people like were fairly pleased with her. You're coming in the biggest shows of shows and she delivered. She had a home run. Another one that comes to my mind um, as far as someone that is very impactful was Goldberg. Uh, he came in from the professional world of football and he joined in. Not that his in-ring work was any, any great, but they came in and gave him a good storyline and he took off running. Is there anyone that you can think of that you and you enjoyed seeing and made an impact uh, from a different professional world into uh, WCW, WWE, the world of professional wrestling? Uh, there are a few, but I, in, in modern time, like right now, who's probably 
that I think that's made the most improvement is if people go look, not a lot of people know. I mean, we've talked about it before, but uh, uh, Baron Corbin was a huge offensive lineman. That dude was a big dude for the Arizona Cardinals and later on played with Pat McAfee with the Colts. But him to come in, lose a lot of weight, and be able one of I would I wouldn't say one of the greatest, but pretty close to almost being a, a, a greatest heel. Uh, what he was able to do uh, when he first came in, before he got his happy uh, happy Corbin, when he was the king, like people did not like Baron Corbin at all. Like they would boo him, try to boo him out of the arena. And like, he was just a person you like, I just want to see this guy get his butt kicked. And coming from the NFL, you know, from being an offensive lineman and being able to just change who you were and, and get invested to this character and do a, like a whole 180 and, and be, he's a pretty good professional wrestler. I'm not going to lie. Like Baron Corbin can hold his own. So I'm, that's probably one of the most person that has made a transition that wasn't a bust. I completely agree. I'm a big fan of Baron Corbin. I think he's a great hill. I really love him as King Corbin. What about the opposite direction? Have you, what have you seen from, athletes can you think of any ones that just uh just just couldn't couldn't make it couldn't transition into the world of pro wrestling well there's one that i think is going to be disappointing he's still in the wwe uh but mace i mean the guy i mean he has a look he's huge he's tall you know he first came in a retribution with t-bar and it's okay and now he's in the maxim male models and i I just don't know what's missing from him. Like, I don't, I don't know because he also played football as well too. I don't know if after this gimmick with the male models, where they can they go with him? Because I mean, he doesn't really do much. And I think it also hurts Manzir, even though Manzir did not go that route. It's just the male model thing. I thought it would get over because I, you know, I said, you know, being a model way back in the day myself, I thought it would go over. You know, like, because Rick Martel's uh, model gimmick went uh, well over. And I, I just don't know what they can do if this doesn't work for Mace. Hey, you know, one thing I wanted to talk to you about was over the weekend, Stephanie came out and wants to induct her father, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, into the WWE Hall of Fame. What's your thoughts about this? Is this too soon? It, it, does it kind of tarnish him based on how he kind of left? Does it happen this next year? Or is that something that we wait down the road? I personally would wait down the road just because with um, Vince's, Vince McMahon or his name being around WWE, I, I could just see the bad press. People are saying, like, how can you um, honor this man and blah, blah, blah after the found out of the hush money uh, to those four women uh, I just don't think it's it's a good move right now to try to bring that kind of negative press into the WWE with it doing so well with the ratings and the demographics, Fox and USA being happy with uh, Triple H's regime um, that's um, moving forward. I think it would be a, a step back at the moment, a couple of years maybe down the road you can because, of course, you do have to honor this man for what he did as far as being a visionary 
and taking his dad's business and changing uh, the wrestling business slash sports entertainment into pop culture. Because back in the days, as people had saw and we have saw, they talked about, you know, WrestleMania, the A&E, and how it was the territories. And there was the unwritten rule, like, yeah, you can come do show here, but territories are territories, and you don't steal talent from everybody else. But Vince's vision was bigger than territories, uh, which was huge. And that's where the WWE is, is today because of what Vince's vision was way back in the days when he bought it. So definitely you have to induct him one day. And that said, do you put him in the Hall of Fame with with the boys, if you will, and not create a separate category? Because, you know, we have a celebrity wing. We have different wings now. Is this something that you just put him in the the just straight up WWE Hall of Fame? Or do you make something and create something for him uh, specifically? No, I think you put him in with the boys because um, Vince was one of the boys. You know, he loved them all, you know, and you've had. WWE superstars present, you know, in the past that said, you know, Vince was like a father to him. So I don't think you put him in a separate wing by himself, you know, because at the end of the day, Vince was, you know, as far as like he was respected by all the boys and he was one of them. Do you put him in by himself as the only nominee for whatever WrestleMania year that is? Just only induct Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I think you would, you could do that. If you had like a super stack show that um, everybody was excited for, but at the end of the day, it's all about butts in the seats, marketing. Um, you're not going to be able, I mean, maybe you would, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, be able to sell a hall of fame. And I don't think Vince likes to talk a lot anyways. And I don't think you could sell a two hour hall of fame just on Vince McMahon. Um, but I could be wrong. Um, I don't think, um, they they should do it but at the end of the day yes does he deserve that much respect for sure he does um i i just guess they would do what's best for business so i'm glad i don't have to make that decision and just one question popped in my head who puts him in who do you see that does anybody or does he just come out or is it someone in his family or do we get like the Hawk Hogan's and the rock and the Cena and stone cold? Because like you said, he doesn't really like to talk in front of, you know, he, he will obviously, but he doesn't like that tension on him. Do we get some of the bigger performers to come out maybe a couple minutes each to talk about a spill or a story and then Vince comes out or do we get Stephanie and Shane that inter- in, inducts him? Or If it was me, I, I would see fitting that Shane and Stephanie do it together. And like, you know, have two mics there and they take their turns talking and then they introduce them together. I mean, that would still show, you know, you know, families have fights or whatever, but that would show the ultimate unity that, you know, even though Vince did pick Stephanie and Triple H to take over because even watching it back in the day, you know, they're in the attitude era. It was like, who really, when Vince did leave, who was going to get there? Was it going to be Shane McMahon? Was it going to be Stephanie? And back then, and pretty much, I'm pretty sure everybody's like, well, it's going to be Shane McMahon. He's going to be the parent heir. Um, But at the end of the day, it was the billion dollar princess and Triple H that have the keys to the castle. So I would think Shane and Stephanie should uh, both introduce him if he does get inducted to a Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's a good call. That would be very emotional. That would be very powerful. 
And uh, I'm looking forward to that day. And hopefully it's one of those that happens when he's alive and not later, you know, down the road. I feel like the WWE has done a fantastic job distracting everyone from the Vince McMahon storyline. We're getting all these returns and, you know, we're focusing on the wrestling and the product of Raw and SmackDown. You just don't hear about uh, Vince anymore. With that said, and I'll uh, stop beating a dead horse, is Vince McMahon missed? Do you feel like he's missed or do you feel like, hey, he's been so he's been there so long that he just kind of dissolved and went right into the uh, right into the sunset? Because you don't hear much wrestling fans still talk about him. Is is everyone just kind of like content and just like, hey, everything, you know, everyone's at peace with it. What's your thoughts? I think it's a little bit of both. It's it's one of those things that like, you know, we've had superstars, you know, leave or like you know pass with just like you know the whole uh judgment day um and edge and ray mysterio thing like you know they they bring up eddie sometimes and things like that and it's like i think it's there always in the back of your mind but i believe the wwe universe and wwe fans are 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 ready or pretty much have closed the book on vince and because the the demographic and the ratings are up it's just like okay we're behind triple h we we've complained for years and years that vince doesn't listen that vince's way that's why we don't like the wwe product and now i think most people and fans and even people in back are like yes vince mcmahon was a great promoter great businessman but he wasn't really a wrestler like he was more of a director or what his vision was now you have triple h in that seat who did pay his who did go to wrestling school who did learn the business who who was riding the roads with the boys you know from town to town and things like like he did the grind he did pay his dues and now he understands what it is to be uh uh professional wrestler or sports entertainer because triple h has even said in multi-interviews anybody can be a wrestler it's hard to be a sports entertainer and with him being the head and knowing both sides i think that's what fans are excited about like we can get behind triple h because he gets it yeah and, and kind of segue into triple h and stephanie specifically do you think they're just injecting some new life into the company and around the product or do you think this is something that they could supersede Vincent Mann and take it to the next level? And I wouldn't say be more successful at it, but do you think they could overshadow Vince on where he took the company? I mean, it's very hard to do, but do you think they could take it to the next step and next level that Vince just couldn't do, especially after the attitude error? No, to make it, very simple and not to take that much time on this because then I would like your take. Um, the difference between Triple H and Vince McMahon is this one thing. Yes, Vince McMahon loved the larger life characters, the, the superheroes, and Vince McMahon was in love with the big guys, you know, the six by the Hulk Hogan's, you know, the Undertakers, and this and that. And yes, that is good for business, and yes, you need those characters still. But when the whole thing about Eddie Guerrero passing away, Ray Mysterio, that storyline, the, the littlest guy, the guy, no, that guy can't be world champion. No, the, the fans are not going to get behind him. No, he can't sell merch. No, he can't be the little of the, of the company. 
and lead us into the next quarter. Um, and I think that's where it's different because, you know, Triple H sees that. Yeah, you may not be a big guy uh, because, you know, Vince wasn't a big fan of Sean. Sean had to show him. Sean's not, you know, bigger than six feet. He's not. The, but Shawn Michaels is the greatest wrestler of all time. Mr. WrestleMania, Mr. Um, everything. Like, he would give you uh, 100% or 110% whether he was in Madison Square Garden or San Antonio, Texas or Bone Tongue, Texas. He's going to give you the show of your life to give that fan that experience no matter what city and town they are. And I think that's where Triple H sees that, yeah, this guy's not 6'5", 300 pounds or blah, 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 but he has a connection with the fans. The fans are behind him. I can make money. He can lead uh, the WWE to new heights. And I think that's where you're going to see a lot of talent getting a shot at the world title and a shot to be the leader of the company in the future that wouldn't normally get a shot if Vince was still in charge. Yeah, that's a very tough question because it's kind of like the old classic, who's better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Oh, really? it's, just no, a, it's just a different, it's just a different complete error. And so it's hard okay. to compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges there. I do think in that respect, just like you hit on, I think Triple H and Stephanie will take it to the next level. You just I, I feel like you just can't compare who would who who's done it better, who's ran the company better. Because Vince has done what he's done, and this is where the WWE is here today. I do think Triple H and Stephanie is going to get to the next level as well, they really, truly expand globally right. and really expand it. And like you said, the, the diverse performers with having the Ray Mysterios, having the UK, uh, and really finding those athletes and taking it to the next level by having their own developmental system. I do think they're going to do just as well, and, and they're going to do a phenomenal job. Well, right now, Vince is winning because Vince did it for over, what, 40 years. And we're still um, not even in a year into the Triple H era. So for right now, Vince has done it better because yes. um, we, we, this is going to be years and years before we can even say the Triple H even measure up to Vince's expectations. Yeah, we're just kind of feeling the excitement of the newness. And so I, I agree. I, I think we're going to feel this and, and see it down the road. But uh, hey, fanboy Dave, let's take a quick break and we'll be back on Brothers of Discussion. And we are back. So Big Kev, I know you said you had some news for us, maybe starting young already, a WWE versus AEW feud. So there's been some interaction with Sheamus and Happy Corbin. Speaking of Happy Corbin, we were just talking about him. And it looks like there might be a little feud going on between Baron Corbin and Sheamus, but not before someone else enters the conversation on the little Twitter war. And uh, Sheamus replies back to Baron Corbin. He says, kayfabe, bro, kayfabe, real hills wear scarves. And that's when MJF just comes out of nowhere, takes a stab at Sheamus. He says, and I quote, the guy you allude to, he said, stop now or I'm going to devour you. You can rock six-inch lifts and play top guy, but you've been handed the ball multiple times and fell. I'm glad you're having a reinsurgence and finally figured out how to get over. It only took you a decade. It took me one day. Then Baron Corman taps in again. There you go again. Internet, please love me. Look, I'm hinting at so-called forbidden things. His scarf is awesome, and I might buy him a matching fedora hat just because. So apparently I'm reading into this is MJF and Happy Corbin are, are, you know, friends. And then Seamus replies back with a Chris Jericho 2016 photo 
course, with him wearing a scarf. And MJ replies back, yes, you were definitely referring to this guy who wore a scarf back in 2016. You got me. And then he says, can't wait for my boy Baron Corbin to end you. MJF is really, how brilliant is this, this guy? He's making it known that he is with the AW, but he's making it known like, hey, I want to be in WWF. He's, he's causing this controversy because as Eric Bischoff says, controversy creates cash. And he's able to talk about WWE. Is this something Tony Khan is just completely allowing him to do? Because obviously, I feel like if Tony Khan didn't want him to do this, obviously, he would probably be in breach of contract or, you know, be suspended legitimately or fine. But we're not getting any of this. Uh, holy smokes. Yeah. Are we going to get MJ, MJF going to be the first guy that can be in the WWE and the uh, AEW? What's going on here? Yeah, that's very interesting because... You know, and we were alluded before, you know, the different regimes. If Vince was still in charge, this would not be allowed. Uh, Baron Corbin and Sheamus would have been in hot water when they're talking to. But it just it just seems that MJF, whether it's a shoot <clears throat> or not, that he truly is ready to be in the WWE for many reasons. You know, he thinks or he says he's the biggest star over there in that other company and that he doesn't uh, feel appreciative. And we've talked about it before. You want to make your name in the WWE, no, no ends, ands, and buts about it. That um, I truly do believe he does want to come in 2024 when his contract is up. And, and if he's friends with Baron Corbin and they're just, you know, doing this for fun to get the internet talking, kudos on them because it's working. And because uh, we're talking about it too. But second of all, it's just like, you know, um, yeah, and be like, dang, Seamus is going to go whoop that MJ Punk next time he sees him or when he gets here in 2024. So, yeah, it's very interesting about Twitter beefs that now you can, the WWE uh, superstars are allowed to engage when uh, before they were probably told, do not, you know, mention another promotion and blah 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 and all that's out the window now i think phil i feel like seamus did a good thing by not responding once again and not feed into that um because it's not really a, a war with the two companies just it's, it's just completely different we talked about that you're right i feel like mjf is you know obviously he does want to get there he wants to be in the big leagues and so you know of course he took that to get eyes on him and i think he's smart for doing so um Big match on Monday Night Raw you wanted to talk about uh, that I know you're looking forward to as well as I. Yes, definitely. The almighty Bobby Lashley versus the revolutionary, the visionary Seth ha -ha, freaking Rollins. Mr. Drip Drip himself who always comes out looking like a million bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready for this match because I, I've been happy with Bobby as being the United States champion, but does Seth need some gold? I think it's it's been a long while since he had some gold around his waist. So um, having a, a heel United States champion, maybe just because at the moment, you know, the universal title is heel and it's and they still haven't uh, broken it up, which I hope they do go back to a WWE champion, universal champion. I think it's just better for the company, better for your superstars to have two titles, two shows. Um but right now, yeah, you have to say the U.S. title is the title on Monday Night Raw, and the Almighty is ready to challenge 
uh, anybody for that title to show that he's a fighting champion. I think Bobby Lashley has done a phenomenal job with this title on making this title relevant because you remember there for a while, Cena was trying to make this title relevant, putting this United States title. Bobby Lashley's really done a great job with this title. I mean, this and and Fanboy Dave, I wanted to bring up something that we weren't we didn't talk about previously. And that's why we love our show because we just it just comes off the dome and it's not scripted at all. But the PWI top 500 wrestlers came out recently. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, some of our boys from the WWE definitely made the top 10. And some of the criteria is, you know, what did they do from July 1st through June 30th? And that's the time frame. And then also, you know, were they champions? What was their win-loss? And I'm bringing this up because the almighty Bobby Lashley drew number five out of this as the top 500 wrestlers this past year. That's a big achievement. Your boy Cody came in at number six. Big E, remember Big E is injured, but based on the criteria that I just explained from last year, July 1st through this year, Big E actually got on the list as number nine. Seth freaking Rollins actually fell to 17. And I think the biggest thing in this, he's had great phenomenal matches, but I think just the losses that he's kind of piled up with that. And of course, your head of tribal chief, Roman Reigns, comes in at number one. And I bring all this up to say... What is your thoughts on going back to Bobby Lashley, top 10? He's had a great year. And would you agree of him being the number five slot in all of pro wrestling? Yeah, that's a good spot. I mean, I don't know what he was last year, if he was even ranked. But, uh, yeah, no, Bobby's made tremendous strides. And he's a fighting champion. The, the fans are behind him. I mean, he's legit. Jack, he loves to be in that ring, so... Uh, Bobby Lashley actually fell down a little bit to number five. He was actually number three in 2021. Somebody that fell off that top uh, 2021 was Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre was number four, um, but Drew McIntyre is is not even in the top. Uh, well, he did. He came in at number 20. Again, that was 2021 to 2022. But we're going to look at 2023, fanboy David. We're going to see Roman Reigns going back to back for sure. I mean, because... Again, based on the criteria of when this starts to now, we can already conclude that Roman Reigns is going to be champion going into Mania. So I can't imagine him not being number one next year for a back-to-back. -back. But uh, but yeah, guys, the PW uh, Insider, the top 500, came out recently. and Go check that out. I know what else I'm looking forward to is what's going to go on with the Judgment Day because they heard Edge last week and they did say that he was going to be out. So what happens with that going forward? Um, I'm also looking to hear anything on the internet or my favorite, my other favorite wrestling um, thing, WrestleZone uh, on CM Punk or Omega, the, the Young Buckers. If anybody gets fired or let go or, or coming back, that would be interesting. Remember, hey, Judgment Day, that's a good one, man. Um, you got to remember, the, you know, they're kind of, I think they're finally, I don't know, maybe not because Riddle still wants a piece of Seth Rollins, but now they're going a different direction because now you see Seth versus Bobby, and then now you see Judgment Day coming out to Riddle. So maybe something's brewing there. But yeah, definitely, definitely. I what mean, a setup this could be. And maybe this is, maybe I'm just maybe reading into this, but do we see the Viper coming back to save Riddle from the Judgment Day? Is that where the story is coming? I don't know. We're going to have to find out just like us, but uh, – 
this will wrap it up on Brothers of Discussion for episode 13 with Big Kev and Fanboy Dave. See ya! See ya.